0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blago podcast. I would like to welcome everyone to another episode of the show. Uh, it has been a while since I've chimed in with a little bit of uh, Red Star news, which is what I'm going to do on this episode. So, a lot has kind of happened since uh, the last time I spoke about the club. Uh, Barack Bahar has been sacked as the manager. Uh, Vladimir Milojevic is back in his second tenure with the team. So that has all been kind of figured out right now. So Vladimir Milojevic, familiar with the club, spent three or four seasons here. Uh, And then Dan Stankovic took over after him and then Miloš Milojevic and then Barak Bahar. So we've kind of come full circle right now and he's taking over the team again. Uh brak bakar's faith was sealed after the derby loss Uh, i'm also going to talk about some of the players on the team and and some of the kids as i like to call them uh, who have been linked to other uh, clubs outside of serbia Uh, mainly jovan miatovic and kosta nedelkovic whose transfer to aston villa looks like it's all but done so i wanted to start off with brak bakar so the the loss in the derby sealed his fate I think this is no disrespect to Partizan but one of their weaker teams in the last 10-15 years and yeah couldn't beat them lost 2-1 could have drawn at the depth of the at the depth of the game didn't do it and that's the one result that he couldn't have and I think coupling that coupling that loss with not advancing uh, to either the knockout of Champions League or Europa League seal his fate. It, it, you can't have those two things happen within a stretch of two weeks. And the team had uh, big ambitions this season. Uh, a lot has been invested in terms of in terms of bringing in players like you talk about Imbom uh, Huang who was brought in for 4 million euros. You talk about Sheriff Ndi who was brought in for 5. Uh, Sheriff has not been good at all for us and i, I, I I think that Huang's been great for the team. I think a lot of people are starting to see it now, but there was high expectations this this season with the players that were brought in, and then you take a look at some of the other guys who were brought in on free transfers, guys like um, Jean uh, Jean Philippe Crasso and Peter Olayinka, who have been in and out of the lineup. Form has been up and down, uh, and just hasn't meshed for the team. Uh, the season started off well, sixteen goals in the first four matches. And then you lose to Wozdovac and Tukaricki in two of the next three matches. And we kind of fell apart after that. I don't know if I want to say fell apart after that because we, we did win in domestic league after those two matches, but it just didn't look the same anymore. The performances in Europe weren't good. And it felt like we were just winning matches based on our talent, even though we weren't playing well. And the preseason tournament, We In Russia, we ended up winning the entire tournament, and we're talking about teams like, we beat teams like, or we faced teams like Zenit, uh, Fenerbahce, we beat Fiorentina 5-0 at home in a friendly, although I don't know how much you could take out of that, it was Fiorentina's first kind of tune-up match before the start of the season, so they didn't have their feet under them, and we had already three or four matches under our belt, so it was was a little bit different, like both teams approached this in in completely different, two different directions, so uh, I don't know how much you could take out of that, but it is what it is. And then, like I said, you lose to Vordovac, who is a, is a team with, um, how would I compare them to like a Premier League? It, it's kind of like a Southampton team, almost. With just a lot of young players trying to prove themselves, and then you have the odd veteran to kind of keep it all together. And Drukharajki has been one of the better teams in the league the last 10 years. But they won that match against Red Star, and then they didn't win for the next... I think they had all losses in their next, next nine matches or they had they were winless. They had a few draws, I think, but it just goes to show you, right? Anyone could be on any given day. Um, in terms of Barack Bachar, I, I think that he never found the right formation. He kept playing three at the back when that wasn't the answer. Like you could you could fully see that three center backs wasn't going to work with this team. And then you started using guys out of position. Like you would use a guy like Serjan Mialovic as a center back who is a defensive midfielder by trade. Now, I'll say this, as a as a center back, he played really well. It's when he started using Mijailovic as a right back where you kind of had to draw the line a little bit because he has, or right wing back, because he has no offensive characteristics that can help you out whatsoever. And that was a little bit too much for me. You're satisfied with him at two different positions, that's great. There's no need to push him into a third one. And I'll say that even against Man City, Mijailovic I thought played really well, right out of gas and around the 70th, 75th minute, which is understandable. Being looking at the guys that you're facing but yeah I think pushing them around to three different positions is a little too much Um Alex Vigo didn't get any minutes before Nedeljkovic uh, came along so uh, Alex Vigo now is has departed and he plays in the uh, Argentinian league where he came from I'm just not sure which team he's on and Edmanado, who was a people looked at as a big signing hasn't played at all and we'll see talk about him a little bit later on and see if his role changes under um, Ladamilach. Uh I something kinda off the pitch. I think his, his interviews and press conferences were very bleak. It doesn't give you too much. Uh no emotion, no real emotion. Um no emotion on the touchline either. I wanna see something from a manager. Like I wanna see a manager get upset when something's not going right or 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 show some emotion when when a team does score and things like that. Very very little emotion, and it's it's things like that that it can kind of go a long way that you look at and say, well it'd be great if he could do you know a little bit more on the touchline. Uh, the positives that I'll take out is he gave the youth a chance, which is something that um, Vladimir Milic, the current head coach, I don't not one youth player came up through his system in five six years or four five years which which is worried and that's the one thing that I was worried with him taking over as the next manager but I'll say this I think that we already have you know 17 to 20 year olds who have already firmly planted themselves into this lineup or as least as sub or at least as subs and no one has officially departed from the team in terms of sales or or being released or anything like that so if there is a sale, those kids are going to get a chance to play because I don't. I'm not sure that that Red Star is signing anyone in this transfer window. I just don't see it happening, and I think they're just going to stick with what they have. Uh, currently, apart from the players that they will sell, and I think they will sell some. So, Jovan Miatovic, a player who came out of nowhere. Uh, last season, we didn't really even talk about him too much. Now he's wanted by the City Group, um, Bayer Leverkusen. The price is around 12 million total. Uh who I just said that is. On his way to Aston Villa for 9 million euros plus 15% of next sale. Uh, Knezevic, you have there as well who's received some playing time. Shlivich, uh, you have Maksimovic who's coming up. And you have some other kids that were also taken to the um, preseason tournament or the preseason, I shouldn't say preseason. It's the second. It's the second half of the season tournament um, where they're going to get some playing time as well. And they've already signed um, Ogden Mimovic, who is set to replace Nedeljkovic. He's, I think, 19, 20 years old. He comes from um, Ofka Beograd. So, and they play in the second tier. So that's another um, that's another player that you have. I think the only player that's left is Nikola Vasiljevic, who has gone to Ranić if I'm not mistaken. He's the backup goalkeeper, the sec- second or third goalkeeper. It kind of switches almost on a match basis. Um, I don't know if... And back to Barack Bakar... I don't know if you realize how much pressure he was under when he arrived. Like it's one thing telling a guy we have big ambitions, we plan on doing this, this and this. But I don't know if he's really realized how much pressure he's under. And honestly to to be fair, I don't know if any foreign manager realizes how much pressure he's under when he comes to this club, especially at a time like this. So no matter who the manager was, whether was Serbian or foreign, heavy pressure. Like I said, Champions League Group stage was secured. So there was no Champions League qualifying for us. We went directly into the group stage. So you don't have to worry about any of the um, qualifying rounds before the Champions League. You just kind of had to get ready. You had to to assemble your team before the Champions League. Now, I will say this. A lot of people did complain again that the team wasn't assembled in time and that a lot of players should have been on the roster uh, before the Champions League. I do disagree with this. There's been... I feel like the last six or seven ye- years, we've signed players literally right at the end of the transfer window. We, In my opinion, we got business done way ahead of time this year compared to past years. We were bringing in players in, in August and early September. I think our transfer window was open a little bit longer than than England, Spain, and, and countries like that. But we were bringing in players in July, August. So there was no excuses. Everything firmly do believe that the cl- uh, that the team was already starting to being assembled long before the transfer window closed. So to me that's not an excuse. It it's it's bad when you sign two or three players like on the last day of the transfer window. But so we did that this year with, with Huang and Sherif, but we had also players on the roster who came in July and August. So we already had Stamenic on the roster. We had Olayinka on the roster. We had Krasou on the roster. So we had a lot of other players on the roster. It's not like Sheriff NDI and Huang were the only two players that we signed and it was on the last day of the transfer window, in the last hour. So that's not an excuse. I actually think that the team was assembled um, far more advanced than past years. So that can't be used as, as an excuse. Um, in terms of Brock Bahar, I'm curious to see where he goes next. I'll follow his progress. I follow every single manager that's that's coached Red Star. So I wish him the best of luck. I do. I, I, I think that he was in an uncomfortable position with some of the things going back on back home and, and stuff like that. Uh, but I the, the sacking was deserved. I have to say the sacking was deserved because when you're four months into a season and you still don't have a formation that you go with, that's an issue. Big time issue. And he didn't have that. So that's one of the main things and there was rumors that you know he doesn't lead the training sessions that his that his coaching staff does that's that could be an issue too because there's a barrier there that you have to you have to be around your players all the time and that's my belief and if he has his coaching staff doing that work that's cool, but he should still be somewhere on the pitch. Like, there was rumors that he was up in his office, and I think people have denied that and said that's not true. Um, but there's that disconnect with the players, which isn't exactly uh, a good thing. So, like I said, Vladimir was hired by the club. I uh, coached from 2017 to 2019. So that's, what, 17-18? Uh, that's about three, four seasons, something like that. Yeah. Uh, outstanding European success so one Europa League and two Champions Leagues uh, defeated Liverpool in Champions League we'll never forget that two goals thanks to Milan Pavko uh, beat Cologne twice uh, and then drew Napoli and drew Arsenal so this is a combination of what he did in the Europa League and the Champions League so the Napoli and Liverpool that was in the Champions League and beating Cologne twice and drawing Arsenal that was in the Europa League and that was both so drawing um, Arsenal and beating Cologne twice, that was his first uh, first go-around, so to say, or first Europa League uh, for him. So 149 matches for Red Star, 107 wins. Um, the interesting part is he's coached 107 matches since leaving Red Star. And he in those 149 matches with Red Star, he used 63 players. Now, I'm going to take a look at the players and the amount of matches that he's coached since he left. So um, Al-Akhali... 41 matches, 44 players. Ike Athens, 7 matches, 25 players. Aletifak, 14 matches, 25 players. Apuel Nicosia, 34 matches, 31 players. Apuel Limassol, 11 matches, 24 players. So when he was at Red Star, he had his go-to players. And everyone knows that. It was guys like Milan Borian. It was guys like Filip Stojkovic. Uh, Vujadin Savic, Marko Gobelic, uh, Kristicic, if you want to look down even longer, uh, more um, Richmond Bwachi when he was here, Mitchell Donald, Gerlo Kanga, all these guys. So he had his kind of set of players that he would depend on in the time that he was here. Although Gerlo Kanga, I think, left after that Europa League, the first Europa League. So he had Damon L- L- Latalek. Like, there were just players that he kind of favored. And that's fine too because they were quality at the time. They, they they were really good for Red Star, and I have no issues with that. Um he has a large roster of of players this January at Red Star. I think some will leave. Now I'm starting to question. I mean, we're two we're about two, three weeks away from the end of the transfer window. No one has left again apart from Wasilevich. Uh I just think it's too bad that he came right before the transfer window had opened. I would have liked if he had a few matches to assess the players that he has on his current roster. Because the way that uh, Barak Bachar and the way that Milovic used these players could be two completely different things. And the, for example, the way that Bahar used Jean-Philippe Crasso could be completely different with the way that Milovic would use him. You know what I mean? So... And all it takes is two or three matches to see what a player is capable of, to see the uh, positions that he could play, things like that. And Kraso showed again when he came on against Partizan. One move, he, we almost tied the game. And I don't understand, for the life of me, why he was kind of sidelined. Um, people saying that he's a lazy player and that that he doesn't really get back and all this other stuff. That's the way that he plays. He's already has a goal in the African Cup of Nations. He probably should have had two or three in the in the in the opening match. He scored one, which was a really nice goal, kind of ac- acrobatic. But he's a player that I would depend on. The problem now is Red Star need money, so they're going to have to sell some players. And the only players that they can sell are the younger players because those are the only players that are worth money. So, yeah. Just wish that he had more time to assess some of these players and then he can make a decision. Would have loved to see if he can get Edmanado out there and see what Edmond can do. Maybe he can offer something that Mijailovic or Staminic can't. But we don't know because he wasn't used at all. So that's an issue. Uh needs to fix the back line. Um, I don't think we have to worry with Vladimirovich playing three at the back. Only three times used three at the back since leaving Red Star. So it's not really an option for him. Even when he was at Red Star, I don't know if we had many matches where we played with three at the back. Unless there was big time injuries and we had to kind of adapt on the run and throw three at the back, but we didn't do any of that. Uh four, two, three, one or four three, three are his go to formations. Um. Yeah, so th- so that's kind of what he likes to play, and I think that's going to be what suits Red Star going forward. None of this three at the back stuff. So yeah. Uh, as I said earlier, didn't produce any youth players while at Red Star. This time around, it's a little bit different because, like I said, he has established youth players. So and Delikovic, even if he is sold to Aston Villa, he's spending the rest of the season at Red Star on loan, so to say. So he will be with the club until May, June, or wherever the whenever the season winds down. But you know he is um, he is someone who is uh, sold, or from at least what we're hearing. The official news hasn't really come down yet, so um, don't know what's going on with that. But hopefully we'll find out uh, more soon. And uh, what else do we have here? I'm I'm kind of fifty. I, actually, I'm I'm. There's even. There's other players, too, in, in Gaddafi Chad, who is Red Stars' affiliate, as I mentioned, who also um, are playing playing really good football. So I'm kind of curious to see if, if he maybe uses some of those players. And he's called up a few of them to the uh, friendly matches ahead of the second half of the season. So I'm really curious to see what happens. Uh, left back, we're hearing that Milan Rodic is going to be the guy there for the rest of the season. I think it's a wrong decision, but what can you do? And... Um, Radojevic, I think, is the kid who's going to be his backup. So he's... I think Red Star has been really happy with what they've seen from Kostan and Delkovic, And now they're going to try that with um, Radojevic. I think that's his last name. I apologize if it's not. So they're going to probably throw him a little bit at left back as well and, and see what they have in him. I think he's like 18, 19 years old as well. So, yeah. 50-50 with... I'm kind of 50-50 with having... Um, Milovic back, I, I like that he's familiar with the club. He's a big-time Red Star fan. He said he's always here for the club if they need him. So I love that part about him. Um, defensively, I think he will fix things because he is a defensive-oriented coach. But who else was in the running, right? Like, you have Marko Nejic, who is the manager of Red Star's affiliate Graficar. I would have loved to see him here. He's 33 years old, but we're we're in that era now where the trend is going towards young managers and giving... Those managers who are like 33 to 36, their first jobs, first big jobs with big clubs in big leagues, and and being managers of of tier one clubs, top flight clubs. So I would have I would have loved to have Marko Nedic here, and sign him to like a five year deal, and whatever happens happens, because he's done an extraordinary job in the youth system in Red Star, particularly Grafičar, where guys like Nedeljkovic came up, Slivic. Um, Jovan Miatovic, and there's some other kids as well, but he's done an exceptional job with those guys. Maksimovic, exceptional job. And I would love to see him at at, at the with Red Star. And I think he could very well um, get a job once Vladimilevich is gone, whenever that is. I just don't know how much he's going to wait at Graficar to, to get a chance. And I know Red Star had denied... I think it was Radnicki, Kragovic, and... Jeleznichar uh, from Pancho. I think they denied them even talking to him about their managerial position, which shows you how highly they think of him. I'm just saying I would have loved to see him at the club. Um, Ivan Jovanovic, he's a little bit older. He actually just got sacked at Panantiaquist. I think he got sacked like three or four days after Milovic was hired. So it's very interesting that... It would have been interesting, I think, if if Jovanovic was available, if if Red Star would have gone with Milovic or Jovanovic. Because Jovanovic was linked to the job before Milovic took over the first time. So 2017... So he was linked to the job then. And he didn't get in. I think he he was in Cyprus or something like that. So, yeah. Uh, Players who didn't get a chance out of Bachar could get one now. So we're talking about Urashkabic, Edmonado. Milor Degenek looks like he's going to leave the club soon. Stefan Mitrovic could get a chance. Although we're hearing that there's a 3 million um, euro... I think, offer for him. Kings Kangua, we'll see what happens with him, but it looks like there's offers for him as well. And I think even Staminic uh, Marco Staminic has fallen off the last two months or so where he got less and less playing time under Barak Bakar. I don't know if he just didn't fit into his formation or his plans, but it was weird because when the season started, Staminic looked like he was an excellent player, cover a lot of ground, he could really go into tackles, and then like everyone else on this team just had a big-time fall in form. And it was very weird to me that 11, 12 players could just take a plunge and form the way that these Red Star players did. I think the player who can honestly get a real chance, I think, is Edmanado. I Edmond has a lot of, like, Mitchell Donald in him, I think. And we all know how much Milović loved Donald. First foreign captain in, in Red Star history. I think Otto could get a real chance. Degenik and Mitric, like I said, they could be on the way out. Same with Kangua. Uros Kabić as well if if um Mirko Ivanic leaves which there's talks now I would keep him until the summer and then go from there because his title is very important so we'll see what happens with Mirko Ivanic I wouldn't sell I wouldn't sell Mirko personally but we'll see what the club has in store um and then like Stamenić is, is is another player that I that I had mentioned before and then and then the obvious like Jean-Philippe Crasso, I think is another player who could um get more playing time after um with with um Vladimilevich here. Just kind of looking at the at the here Osman Bukhari could be gone as well. The the center backs I mean Nazir Jiga is is with Burkina Faso, but depending on how long they last in a tournament, right? Like he could be back very soon. Dragovic, we've heard rumors that he could be going as well. But it feels like we hear that every three months. So we'll have to wait for that situation to kind of unfold. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of, that's kind of the, the, the managerial part of it. Um, I, I just like that Milović is, was a very good manager at the club. He brought them from nothing to something when we were nothing, you know, they had pretty much nothing to look forward to, um, managers in and out every, what felt like year, year and a half, he kind of came in and stabilized the club and got to Europa League, got the Champions League. So that's the kind of exciting part that I'm ready to see, um, from him. Now, question and is transfer to Aston Villa, if it's true. So, so, we've I've kind of read some different things that the fee is seven and a half million euros plus fifteen percent of next sale, and then I heard that it's nine million euros with twelve percent of next sale. So I don't really know that that figure; those figures don't really mean anything to me right now. Um, so just a player profile kind of thing. Uh, Turned eighteen last month recently signed a contract through to um twenty twenty seven he's worth two point five million euros on transfer market um he's a right back by trade but i think he could play right wing back as well i don't think he don't think he's played right wing back for um for red star and if he has it was very brief i i honestly don't think that he has but i think that he could uh play in that position because he does have offensive very good offensive characteristics as well um Obviously, as well as uh, defensive characteristics. But yeah, I think he could play the right wing back position um, as well. Uh, Represented Serbia at the U17, 18 and 19 level. So, he will get the call up. Stojkovic, um, Stojkovic said that he will be on the list for the next friendlies, which I'm glad to hear. Being on the list and playing, though, are like two different things. So, I hope he does get to play. And then he should be on the roster for the Euros because we don't have many, we don't have any right backs. So he should be on the list. Um, Brock Bahar gave him a chance in the preseason tournament. Rest is kind of history. Ranked 10th in minutes on the Red Star team this season. So he got minutes in the preseason tournament and then as the season went on, he was on the bench for a lot of the matches and then I would say six, seven matches into the regular season, he started using him as a sub and then he became a standard uh, right back for the club, which is um, great for him. And with the lack of a right back in the national team, he could become pivotal there as well. That's why it's important, like this transfer, depending on what happens with, with and Adelkovich, hopefully he gets minutes wherever he goes. Right off the bat. Because it could be huge for him, it could be huge for the team, and it could be huge for the national team. It, the, the team I met, Aston Villa. You could have, Potentially found a gem that you can have for the next 10 years. 10 plus years. Um, he's either the best or the second best. I would say prospect in Red Star. You have Jovan Miatovic at center forward. He's the other. Andrea Maximovic is also very good. He's a 16-year-old kid who has a very, very bright future. You have the Mitlukich twins. Uh, Lucić, if you still want to include him that. Although he's a little bit older. That's fine. Slivic is, is another... Yeah, that there's we haven't had youth like this since probably the Marko Gruic Mihailo Ristić days. So there's a lot to there's a lot to pick from. I think it's important to work with these kids and not sell them all when as soon as they reach eighteen, nineteen, twenty years of age. I think it's important to build around them. Nikola Knezevic is another one that I've been thoroughly impressed with the, the minutes that he's gotten, even though he's played in. He's played in the cup matches, and I think he's had a few matches in the league. But I've been impressed with what I've seen from him. He kind of has a dual um, loan thing where he plays for OFK Belgrade, and then he could also play for for Red Star. Uh, so he's around uh, a meter eighty four, which is six feet. If you saw him on a TV screen, I think that you would think that he's a little bit taller than that, Krsanin which is great size for for a right back. But I would—he looks like he's like six one six two when I watch him on TV. I honestly would have said that. I, I I wouldn't say he's 6 feet. six one, six two. I would have said, you know, kind of... at least that size. So he's great size for a right back. Um, his movement and crossing is are his best attributes. So offensively, always trying to get into open space. If you have the time, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Uh, the clip of him against Manchester City in the Champions League where offensively, he just... he's kind of licking his chops when he gets the ball and... One two passing and opening into getting into open space was excellent. He had a huge chance in that match where he faked a shot and let the defender go by, and then with his left foot, just put the ball over the kind of where the post meets the crossbar. Would have loved if he scored that. And I said this when I did the when I did um, a quick recap on YouTube. Would have loved if he scored that because him as a 17 year old at that time, scoring a goal like that in the Champions League against probably the best team in the world. Um, the defending champions would have been would have been crazy for him and and such a great memory to have going forward so that would have been great and like I said his movement is is offensively is very good very sound for an eighteen year old great crosser of the ball for for such a young kid as well like he's looking to whip it in he doesn't do it too often but when he does it's usually right on the mark and he's not doing it for no reason he's not whipping it in when there's when we have you know, short, smaller players playing center forward because with with Barak Bahar, we kind of used almost like a false nine at sometimes if if ndi Ndi wasn't out there. So he's whipping the ball in there when when there's when there's players who are good at heading. Um, so like Kati, for example, Katai isn't the tallest guy, but he's really good in the air. Um, Ndi, uh, well, Miatovic as well. So when those guys are out there, he's whipping in the ball and he does a great job of that. Like I said, for for a seventeen-year-old at that time it's one of his one of these things that he's very good at. Uh defensively, he's sound for the most part. So he has long strides and he's very speedy, so even if he does get beat with the ball, his recovery is very very good. He's able to um get back and defend almost effortless effortlessly easy for me to say. So that's the one that's another thing that I really like from him. Um his his recovery once he loses the ball. And he's only going to get better with that as he gets more playing time. Mind you, this is a kid who's played 15 pro games in the top tier and Champions League. If you want to include that, it's it's around 15. I don't think it's even 20. So that's all going to get better once he gets more playing time. Like I said, once he plays with better competition against better competition. Uh, some of the things that I work on is he, he gets caught ball watching sometimes, which again, that should improve as he gets more playing time, just kind of... Stands there and watches the play develops. That's, again, something that he's going to work on and that he's going to get better at. Um, can be sloppy with the passing and the precision. Sometimes it's it can be off. Again, with more playing time, he'll get there. Feels like he maybe gets nervous at some points uh, and kind of panics. So uh, that's something that he's going to have to work on as well. And the one thing that I love, the other thing that I love about him is no fear. I think him and a, him and a lot of these young players on this team have no fear, especially the players who have come through, through Red Star System. Because remember, they also play in like the youth Champions League, whatever it's called. So they've gotten up for these matches against Manchester City, against the Arsenals back in the day. Although I don't think anyone is on the roster from from when we played Arsenal. Like they've had a lot of experience in the last two or three years. And they get up for those games. And then when they transition to the to the A team, if you want to call it that, the Reds, Red Stars team. They're just, it's just a smooth transition. And that, that's the thing that you love. The, the no fear stuff, that's kind of hard to teach some guys. And when we played Red Bull Leipzig away in the third match, once we threw on our kids who were, you know, anywhere from 18 to 21, they almost changed the game for us. And we almost ended up getting a point from that. It was just some crucial misses that we had in, in the last 15, 20 minutes. It could have been very, very interesting. And to be fair, Red Bull Leipzig missed a bunch of chances, a bunch of sitters. They could have scored six or seven. It was some missed sitters and some great saves from Romerik Lazar. So that that's, the that's like I said, one thing that you can't really teach. No fear is that you can't teach kids that. Vladimir Lutic is outstanding at that. We could say whatever we want. He overdribbles, dribbles He all, does all this stuff. Vladimir Lutic came on against Manchester City in the first Champions League match. And he dribbled past Kyle Walker right away like he was nothing. He dribbled past Kyle Walker as if Kyle Walker was me. N- just zero fear. And again, that's from getting playing time at Red Star and at the youth levels. And then also on loan, Vladimir Lucic last year at, at Chukaricki, where he played on loan. So it, it all kind of stems from that. Uh, the only question is like, what's next for Kostan and Dekic? Is he staying with Aston Villa next season? Is he going to get loaned out to a championship club? Is he going to play with the Aston Villa U21s? They still have Matty Cash. They have Ezri Konsa at, at, at right back. So it's a legitimate question. I really hope that he can stay with, with Aston Villa and learn from, from the players that they have, the Matty Cashes of the world and whoever else they have in the back line. I really, really hope that he stays at the club and gets playing time right away. How realistic that is, I don't know. I think a transfer in the in the championship... I said yesterday on my YouTube page, I wouldn't like it. I'd like it more if he went to a a Premier League club. Maybe championship is better. If he can go to one of the better championship teams where he can get playing time, I think that'd be better for him. And I think maybe a move to a different country, I think that would be a little too much for an 18-year-old who just got to England and now he also has to go on loan to somewhere else. Let's say I don't Spain, Italy, whatever. I think that's a little bit too much. And I don't know if Aston Villa would even consider doing that so I can see him playing maybe for the U21s for the first half of the season and then maybe getting loaned out to in the championship the second half that's just that's just what I think and I think that the summer that he has in terms of the preparation the preseason tournament is going to be huge for him because he's going to get a chance to play now whether that's you know 30 minutes or 300 minutes in the preseason tournament that that's a different question but he will Get a chance to to showcase his skill 100%. Joana Miantovic, I had mentioned earlier as well about a possible move to the Citigroup, uh, New York FC. I think they were offering something like 10 million euros plus uh, 2 million in add-ons. And then Bayer Leverkusen was 8 million euros plus 4 million euros in add-ons. Here's the thing. If I had to pick... So the first thing is, Bayer Leverkusen is currently first in the Bundesliga. How much would he play off the bat? Because they're in a good position. They want to win the league. How much would he play right off off the bat? The second thing I'll say is, I think going to the Bundesliga would be a great move for him. One, just look back at the success that Luka Jovic had there. And Luka Jovic hasn't played well anywhere else, apart from um, Bundesliga. And now he's starting to get it together at AC Milan a little bit. Luka Jovic scored a lot of goals there. And the reason why I use Luka Jovic as an example is because they're similar build. To me, they're very similar players. So, that's why I kind of look at Bundesliga and I say, maybe that's the right place for him to go. Just from the outside looking in. And Jovi Miatvich is another kid who could have a bright future with the national team. So, I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking maybe Bundesliga. Is Bayern Leverkusen the right team as of right now? I think they're they're the only team in the Bundesliga that is interested in him. But boy, that would I, I think the Bundesliga would be better for him. And there's a lot of goals scoring in Bundesliga. It feels like every time you watch a game, it's it's four three, it's six two. Bayern Munich either wins five nil or they lose five one. Like there's almost no in between with them. There's a lot of goal scoring, and and players of his stature, again, I use Luka Jovic as an example, have been successful there. And I gotta say, I love the kid. I think he's extra talented. But I worry about players who are built like him. I worry about players who are built like Luka Jovic. It's almost like they don't really have a position because they're kind of stocky, and yeah, they're good in the air, but they're they, they don't resemble what a center forward really looks like. Like they're not a Harry Kane. They're not a Robert Lewandowski. So that's why I worry a little bit about that. But, again, the Bundesliga, Luka Jovic has been successful there. I would, It'd be great if he could go there. The MLS, like, no disrespect. I think, I mean, Dan Jovic went there as well, and he hasn't been as successful as I thought he would be. And I don't want Jovan Miatrych to just go down that path as well. Playing for Man City doesn't really mean anything when, you're, when, when they buy you as a 17, 18-year-old, because a lot number of those, probably like 99% of those kids don't even play for them at any point. You look at Slobodan Tedic, who City bought from Tukaricki two, three seasons ago. Now he's back at at Tukaricki. You know what I mean? He never got a chance to play at City. He was on loans at Charlton and some other clubs. Never really panned out anywhere. Now he's trying to rejuvenate his career. The only thing he has going for him is that he's still young. He's like 23 years old. But I don't want Jovan Miatic to go down that same path. And he's showing resistance. He he really doesn't want to leave. And I don't blame him. Because for this team, th- I don't look at any center forward on this team and say that that they're better than than than, him, than uh, Jovan Mijatovic. I don't think Sheriff Ndi is better than him. I don't think Peter Olenka is better than him. Although I think P- Olenka is, is a quality. I don't really even know if he's a striker, but he's quality. I love Jean-Philippe Krasou, but I don't think he's really better than... I think uh, technically he's better than Jovan Mijatovic. But as a pure goal scorer, I think Jovan Mijatovic is better. So you kind of look at that and I would love for him to stay at Red Star for the next three or four years, but that's not really realistic. So I would hang on to him. Zvezdan Terzic said he wasn't going to sell Kostan Ndekovic nor Johan Miatovic this transfer window. And uh, Kostan Ndekovic looks like it's all but done to Aston Villa. And the way that he said it was was... Interesting because he said he has no intentions of selling them, but like if an offer does come, like we still have to ponder about it and we can make a lot of money off these kids and all this other stuff. So it was, I don't know, it was very mixed um, answer from from Zezan Terzic. So I don't know how much you could take out of that, but it is what it is. Um, so, so yeah, I would love if Jomiatic stayed here. But I think realistically, if he does stay, in the summer he'll be gone. And Juventus was interested in him about a month and a half ago as well. Because they were looking to... They were kind of looking for deals for Dusan Vlahovic, And they looked at Johan Mijatovic as as the replacement for Dusan Vlahovic. I actually think that he could get playing time in Serie A. Like, if he were to go to Juventus... And if he were to even stay there or even get loaned out, I think he would get playing time right away. It just, again, depends where you go, right? Like, he would get no playing time if, if he joined Manchester City. Although, that wasn't the rumor. It was New York FC... I think he would play for New York FC. It's just now what he wants to do. And it looks like he wants to stay here. And I don't understand why we're why we're pushing him out the door. We have a problem when kids want to leave for not playing, but when kids want to stay, we want to push them. So we always do the opposite. We always do the opposite. And I understand it for both both ways. The team's trying to make money. The Questan and stuff as well. I mean He's a very young kid, but you, injuries happen, right? Like, you have an offer now for $9 million. God forbid, what if he gets injured, never recovers, and then he leaves the club for, like, 500 k in, in two years. We did the same thing with Sakina Rakovic. We all valued him very highly, and I think Sakina is an excellent player. One of my favorite players I've read started the last five years. Easily. And we always talked about, oh, is he worth $15, 20000000 He ends up going for, I think it was eight and. I believe there's a sell-on clause 15, 20 percent. Like it's a lot less than what we thought. And I get it, we value our own, and I do as well. I wish we could get fifty million for Jovan Miyatovich when if he leaves in two or three years. But how realistic is that? I just think that there's a there's like a ceiling that these players can reach in terms of transfers and the league that they play in. The only way Kosanedovic's um uh, price could rise is if he's on the national team like a standard player in the national team. If he's a captain of Red Star, I think that would mean a lot as well. If he's like 18, 19-year-old who's a captain, that's when your price starts rising. But I don't know how much more you could get from now, and if he does well in the in the Champions League or Europa League. But again, we're not promi- promised of Champions League next season. I don't think we're promised of Europa League next season. I have to take a look at the standings and stuff. I think we are promised the way things are now of at least a Conference League. But can he really make his make his um, value rise in the Euro in the Conference League? Personally, I don't think so. I think he could only do that in the two tournaments, Champions League and Europa League. So that's another thing to take t- to kind of take into mind. Yeah, um, Osman Bukhari has also been linked to a bunch of teams. I actually do think he will leave this winter. I don't think he's going to stay past past the winter transfer window prices around 10 to 12 million euros that's a lot of money that's a lot of money and he deserves that much because he's he did very well in the champions league we could say whatever we want about how he's he's become a little bit selfish this season which he didn't display the previous year at red star but hey man you got to you're on the big stage you have to impress i guess um the scouts and things like that and alexander dragovich is another player who has been linked to besiktas and ferentz he would live i read today if Besiktas was offering €700,000 for him. So he's in the final year of a contract. His contract is done in in June of 2024. So he's obviously not going to leave for big money. Um, From what I read, his pay there would be around €1.2 million a season. If I'm not mistaken, he would be signing a a one-and-a-half-year deal. So that's another one that you kind of talk about as as well um, with him possibly leaving. Wouldn't want him to leave either, but I'd I'd like for him to finish off here and then possibly leave on a free or sign a new contract if he'd like. But I, I don't think it's realistic. I just don't think um, it's realistic that, that he stays past the summer. Because like we said, the the rumors have been going on since he got here that he's going to leave. So that's another play. And then there's obviously players like... Jean-Philippe Crasso and Peter Olenka was linked back to move to Slavia Prague where he came from. Actually, came as a free agent but the last team that he had played for was Slavia Prague. So so there's rumors about him as well. We'll see what happens with some of these younger kids. Like the Mitrovic twins as well. Are they going to be loaned out? I think that they will. Um, Knežević as well. Like I said, he had a duo um, loan with, with Red Star and OFK Beograd. Stefan Mitrovic as well. He's been sparingly used by uh, Barak Bachar after he was... Used heavily in the preseason tournament. But yeah, um, the way the thing stands, the club is now in Cyprus. They're going to play their friendly matches soon. I think there's five of them. And then I want to say... Let me check the calendar. I want to say February 7th is when the... Sorry. February 10th or 9th is when the league gets underway again. So yeah, that's... Kind of what we have to look forward to. Second, currently in the league behind Partizan. Who, they've been, I honestly think, apart from a few bumps in the road, they've been great this season. Considering a lot of people thought the Red Star was going to run away with this league. So they've been been—they've been really good and they've kept pace with us. So uh, yeah, that's the episode for today. Just wanted to take a look at, you know, the firing, the hiring, and some of the players, transfers on the club. Um, So yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, remember, you can catch this po- uh, podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll catch up again down the road. Take care.